Hey gorgeous, if you want success on your fertility journey, you've got to have the mindset for it. It's time to kick fear, negativity, doubt, shame, jealousy, and the whole clown car of low vibe fertility journey BS to the curb. I'm your host, Roseanne Austin, fertility mindset master, former prosecutor and recovering type A control freak perfectionist. I use the power of mindset to get pregnant naturally and have my baby boy at 43, despite years of fertility treatment failure. I help women across the globe beat the odds on their fertility journey just like I did. Get ready for a quick hit of confidence, joy, feminine badassery, and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile podcast, episode 48. She cleared her blocks and conceived. My loves, I am so happy to be with you this week as I always am. And I'm going to start off by just, you know, I got to tell you, I get to work with some of the coolest women seriously on the planet. And for episode 48, I'm just absolutely delighted to be sharing yet another one of their inspiring stories. And what you may not know about me is I'm kind of an aviation geek. I am all about the amazingness of flight. If you've read my book, Am I the Reason I'm Not Getting Pregnant? The Fearlessly Fertile Method for Clearing the Blocks Between You and Your Baby, you're going to know that actually one of the first things I have you do is imagine being in a plane for a really cool exercise. So flying, flight, travel, all of that stuff is just something I'm really stoked about. And when I had the opportunity to work with this amazing woman that you're going to meet, and I found out that she is a female in aviation, it just blew me away. But what's even more amazing about this woman, which you are going to hear in this week's episode, is she had some massive blocks, massive things that she was struggling with that she really had to make a decision that she was going to get past if she was going to call in this miracle baby. And when I think about Tracy's story, what makes it so compelling is she had a constellation of different challenges that came up, the loss of someone she loved failed treatment, the struggle to get PGS normal tested embryos. She was faced with taking a path that her doctor didn't readily offer. She had to trust herself in that process and develop her own unique brand of femininity and trust the intuition that stemmed from that. And she had to fully own that she deserved to be happy. So if you ever found yourself in that place, baby, turn this shit up because Tracy's story is going to inspire you and teach you that you really have what it takes and that you deserve to have all the joy in the world. Enjoy. Hey, loves. I am so excited to be introducing my beloved Tracy to you. And when Tracy and I met, I remember being super excited when I was looking at her application because she does work in an area that I'm just absolutely mesmerized by. Anytime I hear about women in aviation, I just get so thrilled. And so the idea of being able to work with somebody that, that is in something that I'm super excited about, super passionate about was, was just a delight. And not only that, but when I met Tracy as she was coming into my Fearlessly Fertile Method program, what I noticed about her was a fire and a determination and, but it was this interesting mix of a, a quiet fire <laughs> and determination that I just loved and I just thought was so endearing. And so 
it's just a, an absolute pleasure to have her here on the podcast. And I'm so grateful for her generosity for coming on to share her story. So welcome, Tracy. Thank you. <laughs> so let's I'm excited get, to be here. Yeah. So let's give the ladies an idea about, you know, how did you find yourself on this journey? And, you know, tell us a little bit about how it started for you. Um, started probably, probably have had a shorter journey probably than most, but uh, I would say probably about a year and a half, two years, husband and I started trying naturally and then just wasn't successful, started doing IVF and going through all that process. And now currently 20 weeks pregnant with a healthy, untested embryo. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm so excited. I'm so excited about that. And but there was a process between, you know, from going to that place to this amazing position that you're in today. So let's talk about, you know, because there's obviously a reason why we met. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, what really was it, even in that, you know, will you describe a short period of time, but let's be honest, any month <laughs> without our babies is miserable, but like, you know, so what was it? that really got your attention about, you know, you're doing all the physical things. What made you curious about the mental aspect of it? Um, I was always doubting myself if this was what it was supposed to be. If, you know, because I'm one that wasn't always opposed to adoption either. So I was like, well, maybe this isn't my journey. Maybe I'm supposed to just not have my own biological kid. Maybe I'm supposed to just adopt. And when do I just stop this process and just say, okay, let's adopt or some form of other, you know, having a kid a different way. And so, and I think I had a lot of, I had a lot of blocking too. I lost my dad unexpectedly almost three years ago. And I've always dealt with that. Like, am I supposed to have a kid because now he's never going to know the kid. And it just, something wasn't feeling right. I was always every, just like everyone else that goes through the process, you know, you see someone else pregnant and you're get upset and, but just like everyone, you don't know their story. And I think once I started realizing that and talking to my husband that I had so many things that were blocking me instead of trying to enjoy my journey and focus on myself, mm. that it had a lot to do with my mindset versus what we were actually doing. Wow. Wow. And that's interesting because, you know, as you described, like about a year and a year and a half on this journey, and you're already saying, maybe I should consider adoption. I mean, that that's a very, like, the saboteurs had their boot on your neck. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It definitely did. And it took, you know, obviously a lot to figure that out. And with your help and everything, I realized there was more than what I thought. Wow. So what do you think some of the blocks were for you? I think a big one, um, you know, that we've talked about before was definitely my dad passing away unexpectedly. I felt a lot of, I don't know if it was like, I guess it was guilt, like guilt to being happy to try to be pregnant, you know, and raising this new kid that he'll never get to meet, you know, and I was afraid of that until I had to refocus my mind and think about the positives and how proud he would be instead. Wow. That's a dramatic shift. <laughs> yeah. So wow. I think that was a huge one. Mm -hmm. What else do you think? Because it's, it's interesting. I mean, that's a, that's a big one for sure to, you know, to be 
in this position where, I mean, essentially what you're talking about is, do I even deserve to be happy? You yeah. Know, what am I going to do now to have this child that my beloved father is never going to know? I mean, those are, those are, you know, massive blocks. What are some of the other ones that you discovered along the way? Um, the other one, which is, I think, very common with people that struggle to get pregnant is every time someone announces, you know, they're pregnant, you know, you're get jealous and you're like, why them? Why not me? And that's another tough one, you know, and I feel like sometimes you get so focused on everyone else's story and not everyone tells their story. You know, I have um, some firsthand experience with that, with people not telling full stories and, you know, you just don't know what they've been through. So you had to, I had to remember to stop judging other people and be happy for them because at some point my story, which is unique to me, and there's a reason, you know, my journey is the way it is. And, you know, so don't worry about the other people. It's their story. And my story is going to be even better because it's meant for me. Whoa. I'm not <laughs> even sure I'm talking to the same Tracy. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, can you even believe that you're at the point where you can say that legitimately? No. I mean, even, you know, going through the process, I, you know, you feel the saboteur has come on and you had to stop back and be like, okay, you know, you don't know their story. Not everyone's open with their, especially when it comes to IVF, you know, a lot, everyone's open to their stories there. Some people just don't want to share it. So you don't know what everyone's been through. So, you know, you just have to keep reminding yourself, you know, they could have struggled just as much as you or even longer, you know, and they're just not sharing it. So. Mm -hmm. Did you have any saboteurs about doing the IVF process? Like, were you judgmental with yourself? Like, oh my gosh, I, I can't seem to conceive naturally. And, you know, now I have to do this. W was that any aspect of this for you? Not as much as I thought it would be. In the beginning, I would say it, would, it kind of was. But I think what helped is, you know, my husband has a really good sense of humor and he always tried to make light of it all versus here we go again, another injection, another retrieval, you know, mm -hmm. so um, mm -hmm. it helped to have a partner that was, had a great attitude and very, you know, supportive in everything we did. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, because you're a super strong woman. I mean, like all of the women that I have the honor of working with, lovably type A control freaky, super like, you know, head in the game, all this stuff. But what was it like for you when you realized, holy shit, I've got some blocks and I think I need help with that. Like, what was that like for you? I'm trying to, I guess when I finally realized that, you know, I just kept feeling down and self-doubt and unsure of processes. And, you know, I start, started listening to your podcast. And I think that's when I started realizing that I had probably have more blockages than I thought and, you know, I needed to change my mindset and just be more positive and relax and let kind of nature take its course versus trying to be in control, which is hard to let go of sometimes. <laughs> you think? <laughs> That's probably one of the hardest things. So what was it like for you when you started doing this work? It was hard. It was definitely out of my comfort zone, <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to find, you know, everyone knows their flaws, but when you try to dig deeper into your flaws and stuff like that, it definitely gets a little bit uncomfortable. And 
I'm not outgoing, but I'm also shy at the same time. So, you know, sometimes being on the group calls, it's a little intimidating, but it helps, you know? Mm. Um, What about that helped? um, Just to see like everyone else, you know, with their struggles and their questions. And I feel like everyone on the group calls kind of made you feel comfortable, whether you thought you maybe your question was silly or what, you know, whatever it shall be. I feel like everyone just really supportive because as much as I learned from them, which I never thought I would learn so much from someone else's question, I'm sure they learned just as much from me. Absolutely. And that's, that's an, a, a really powerful point that you raise because, you know, so many of us live this journey in isolation. And, you know, or if we find ourselves, you know, looking at online groups or all this stuff, it's low vibe and weird and there's no, like, guidance. And so when you put yourself amongst a group of like-minded women who are super committed to their success and are kind and funny and loving like yourself, it's like magic. Yeah. So it was definitely, I think, you know, that group setting was definitely huge. Yeah. And it's community, right? Like, so you're not. Yeah. Wow. So what are some of the biggest things that you saw shift? In yourself. I mean, we're already kind of hearing some of it, but I want to know from you, like, you know, for, for all the women listening to this and, you know, they hear that, you know, you, you know, you had some pretty hardcore saboteurs in the very beginning, but what are some of the, the biggest shifts you saw in yourself after having put the time and the commitment and the consistency into shifting what you believe? I would say I definitely you know, I've always had faith in God and, you know, I know everyone's different and whatever your faith shall be, but I definitely reconnected with my faith, you know, because as you go through the process, you always are like, why are you doing this to me? You know, I thought done things right in life, so why? (laughs) You know, so, you know, I reshifted, refocused on my faith um, and all that. And I definitely started looking at my dad a little bit more and how much he would want me to have a child and how proud he would be. And, you know, and we've talked about this and even though he's not here, my kids are still going to know him. It's not like my would never not let my kids know who their grandpa would be. So I feel like that whole mind shift of all that kind of made me relax and realize that, Hey, I do deserve this. I do need, you know, I do deserve a child. And it's just now letting the course of action take place. Wow. So you went from not believing you deserved it to believing you did. Yeah. Pretty yeah. fucking massive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it feels good. <laughs> oh man, imagine that. So, you know, what about, you know, what other changes did you see in yourself? And let, let's be super specific. Like, how did you start approaching your, the saboteurs that you found? like the negative thoughts, the limiting beliefs? Did you find yourself becoming more adept at dealing with those? I didn't realize I knew what a saboteur was, but I guess after going through this program, you you really realize what a true saboteur does to you. So you notice it a lot more than normal. And every time I felt one come out, I was like, okay, you can have your one second, but after that, you're you're out, you know? I love the way you say that. (laughs) I mean, because in honesty, you know, the saboteur is going to come no matter what. 
whether you have a good frame of mind or not. There's always that saboteur that tries to come out and yeah, you can listen to it for a second, but then, I mean, I don't got time for you. You know, I got better things to do with my life than to listen to someone that's going to keep trying to change my mind and tell me something's not right. (laughs) Right. Right. And can you imagine, I mean, let's just think about it. You okay. Like the cat's out of the bag. You're 20 weeks pregnant. We're super excited. It's amazing. You were successful. And we'll get to that, but can you imagine where you would be today if the saboteurs were still running the show? I probably would not be pregnant. <laughs> wow. I probably would still be upset and jealous and wondering if this is for me, truly, you know? And I think another thing that was huge was visualization board, you know? And I still have that up and visualizing everything that is what's for me versus what's not for me. So really the whole mindset, you know, if I didn't take this step to work towards with you and change our mindset, who knows where I would be. Wow. Well, and the, and, and the process of, of visioning, like really creating a vision for yourself is enormous, isn't it? Like we don't really ever think about that. And then to go to the step of actually creating it and putting these images on there, it's, I mean, some people blow it off as like some you know, woo-woo bullshit, but you yourself can see, like, actually seeing these things for you makes it a lot more real. Yeah, and then, you know, not even just, like, with the vision board, you know, yes, of course, you know, you have family on there and all this other stuff, but with being someone that enjoys working out and everything like that, you know, even fitness is on there, home is on there, anything that you envision, and it's great to remind yourself that, hey, this is my vision, and if I keep a good mindset and keep pushing hard and working hard, it's going to happen. And so let's talk about, you know, really, because you, you know, you had some magic happen during the program. So, so let's talk about, you know, because you had an opportunity for all of this to be tested. Just a quick little background. Um, Before the program, I had three retrievals all PGS tested embryos. I only had two normals um, from the three retrievals. And we decided to go ahead and do a transfer. We did an ERA mock cycle to make sure everything was perfect. Went on baby aspirin, doxycycline, everything to make sure that my body wouldn't reject the embryo because we only had two. And our goal is eventually two kids. We wanted everything perfect to make sure that we had the best chances of it taking. So with that being said, we did the fresh transfer with the normal embryo, and it didn't take. It was devastating. Um, It was, you know, you try so much to make everything just perfect. And, you know, the highest chances you have because we've done everything and it doesn't take, (laughs) you know, so it was hard. So my my husband and I talked and like I said, our goal was it was two kids. Um, but we'll be happy with one. So we decided since we're having a hard time getting normal embryos, we'll go ahead and do another retrieval. So we went for a fourth retrieval, but right before the retrieval, we were sitting there talking to the nurse and I said something to her. I can't remember exactly. And she said, are you talking about a fresh transfer? And I was like, I guess so. I was like, is that even an option? Can we do that? Because it's something that's never been discussed with my doctor before. He's always been one that was frozen transfer, PGS test, the embryos, make sure we get normal embryos. So it was fresh transfer was never discussed. It was just something, like I said, brought up right before the last kind of vital sign check before a couple days before the retrieval. 
And uh, she's like, yeah, I'll ask him. And next day she called and said, yeah, we can do a fresh transfer. I was like, okay, so how does this work? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's really an interesting thing because it's something that wasn't discussed. It's something that came up. And so tell us, because you were presented with another option, and how did you decide that that option was right for you? Because it sounds like it was kind of the opposite of what your doctor did. Yeah. So she said, well, you know, talk it over and let us know by, I think it was the Friday that this all came up. And she's like, all right, we just need to know by Sunday. I was like, okay, perfect two days, go home, talk to my husband. We'll do a little bit more research just to make sure that this is what is right for us. You know, and after sitting there talking to my husband, he's like, you know, let's just try it. You know, less medication. Maybe your body doesn't react as well to medication and wants to do a more natural cycle. And he's like, either way, it's, we're not losing anything. And the more we kept t- talking about it, I was like, okay, now is this us talking about being selfish and trying to be pregnant sooner? Or is this really us trying to do something that's going to be different and better for us or for me? And the more and more we kept talking about it, I just, for some reason, something inside of me just kept saying, this is what you need to do. We still had some more questions and Sunday came and we still were kind of tossing it up in the air. I went to church, walk into church and doctor's office was calling. (laughs) I'm like, oh God, (laughs) I don't have answers. I didn't answer it. They called right back again. I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> what do I do? Mm-hmm. So I ran, I left middle of church, <laughs> ran home and was like, we need to talk about this. So we call her back and after our last few questions, I was like, can I have 15 more minutes? She's like, okay, but we really need to know. I was like, okay. So we're sitting there talking. And like I said, we we're still kind of up in the air because you're afraid to go against what the doctor has been talking about the whole time. Um, they're the, you're like, oh, so he's a professional. He knows what he's doing. Are we really doing something that's good if we haven't even discussed it technically with him? But like I said, for some reason, it just kept our body, my body and my husband, he was just leaning towards, you know, it feels right. So as I'm calling him back, calling the nurse back, my husband's like, well, what are we going to say? I go, I don't know, but we got to call her back. (laughs) And so we call her back and I'm like, let's do the fresh transfer. And here we are today, pregnant with a healthy little boy. (laughs) Isn't it interesting, Tracy, that you go from just, you know, following lockstep, what you're told to do, and then find yourself in a position where you're actually evaluating something that is completely different because up to that point, you know, you could have been easily stuck in the idea that the only way to do it is, you know, frozen transfer with PGS tested embryos. You just went and said, Hey, this actually, this is new, but this actually feels right. Fresh transfer, no PGS testing and just went for it. Yeah. With all the research now and everything that's done, you know, I even have a letter in my doctor's office to, because at first all our abnormal embryos, that's all we had was two normals and everything else was abnormal, not even mosaic. I even have a letter saying, don't discard my abnormals anymore. Um, when luckily I was able to stop them from discarding them because, you know, there's other clinics that if need be are out there that'll transfer them. And now I'm seeing that just because they're abnormal doesn't mean anything. So I'm glad that we took the direction we did 
and just gave them a chance without testing them. That's huge. That's, I mean, and I think what you're demonstrating is, is something that we talk about a lot is like medicine is amazing. I mean, as you know, there were plenty of, you know, plenty of physicians in the program with you. And the reality is, is that medicine, it's a beautiful thing and we don't know it all. Right. And sometimes I think it gets too advanced. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it gets to the point where, yeah, well, it gets to the point where I think we forget that there is a limit to it, that what we think is abnormal is just based on what we know today. It's not the full extent of what's possible. And you're right. right. You're, you're not alone because loads of women are now reevaluating this idea of, hey, you know, maybe you don't check my embryos because there's, there's just as much research that's coming up that is yeah, challenging the notion. Who knows? This one that's inside of me right now could have tested abnormal. We don't even know, but I'm glad that we just trusted our gut and decided to change things up. And like I said, and we've already talked about when here we are talking about doing another one and I'm not even done with this one. <laughs> oh, because being a mom is so, feels so good to you. I, mean, I just love it. I love that. But, you know, and since with our one more normal, we're even saying you know, instead of trying to do it, yes, it'll be a frozen transfer, but instead of like being on the doctor's schedule with all their medicine, just doing a more natural cycle, because that may be something that my body works better with versus all these drugs that I've already been putting into it. Right, right. And so, you know, I know that there's a, there's a topic that it it makes me laugh because you remind me so much of myself when I was, you know, doing, you know, this work myself and, and really shifting my own mindset on my own journey. But there's this subject of femininity that comes up because, and, and you demonstrate it in the way that you and your husband made the choice to do a fresh transfer. You, you had to be open. You had to be willing to listen to your intuition and, and that, that voice within you that was saying, this feels right. Let's do this. This is what needs to happen. And, you know, so often when we're scared on this journey and we're letting our negative thoughts and saboteurs run the show, we tend to quiet or completely punch that voice out and say, no, you know, medicine is going to be the only thing I consult. So tell us a little bit about opening up that dreaded topic of femininity. (laughs) How, you know, what role do you think that that, you know, played in, in you opening that part of you up that was willing to trust your gut? My favorite topic. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I would say that, you know, I had to have actually a slight mind change on femininity. Femininity, I can even say it, femininity as well. (laughs) You know, I think I had a stereotype of that, which, you know, you knew I was like, when I was talking to you about it, I'm like, well, I'm just not your girly girl. (laughs) (laughs) And what did you learn? Does it really have anything to do with being a girly girl? No, it doesn't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's all based on your mind and what you believe in. Once again, here we go back to the mind. You know, I was always, when we talk about it, I'm like, yeah, but I like working out. I like to lift weights. I like to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, well, your question to me was, how is that not feminine enough? You know? Uh Well, I guess it is (laughs) Mm -hmm. just in my own different view and different way. Um, So yes, that was a huge mindset too, that it's not just an appearance. It's what you view and what you see and what you perceive versus what is an actual image, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, yeah. No, it makes total sense. And I think it's also demonstrated if we look back to what you were sharing with us in the very beginning about, okay, I've been trying for a year and a half. I, you know, let's just, uh, you know, I'm open to adopting. And it's like, it's that very masculine energy of just problem solve, problem solve, problem solve. Let's just get this solved as opposed to what feels right to Tracy. Right. And yeah, and that was definitely huge too, is kind of letting my body take its course in more of a natural way. To me, it felt, it felt better, you know, more relaxing versus stressed, I guess. So, you know, trusting my gut and I guess visualizing myself being pregnant too, versus telling myself I'm, I can't do this is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's a, that's a massive lesson to share with the ladies listening, because if you can't see yourself having the thing that you want the most, how in the hell are you ever going to get it? Yeah. And we did as much as we could to make the journey fun. And the more and more I talked to, you know, was going through the courses with you and everyone else and seeing their blockages and what they are doing actually helped me as well. You know, I wasn't afraid to buy myself that onesie and hang it up by all my medicine that I was taking and have my little, little area of my space, you know, and where I felt almost relaxed with, you know, my vision board up, my onesie hanging by my medicine, a a pineapple that says that, you know, things are hard, but you're tougher and a little angel there as well. And it just felt more relaxing to me as I started opening up more and letting my body take over instead of trying to control it so much with my mind. Yeah. I mean, you're living proof of how quickly that shift can happen because you went from starting the program to, you know, you went from having a transfer, not having that workout, getting in the program, starting to shift your beliefs, you know, being presented with the opportunity to do a fresh transfer, trusting your gut, going for it to pregnant in less than eight weeks. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, it's huge. It's exciting. (laughs) I never thought I would be there, but here I am. So like I said, it's definitely mind opening to see how much control your mind can have over what you're doing. And, you know, and going back to the femininity, um, that's just a huge one to be able to visualize yourself in situations versus trying to take over mm-hmm. and make everything perfect. I feel like the more that you kind of relax and trust your gut and go with the flow and stop trying to control it so much is when it's going to happen. And it's easier said than done. And it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that step. It's not easy. Right. Right. But now you have the tools, you have the foundation, you know how to do this. Yeah. Uh, because you've moved way past just reading inspirational quotes online, feeling good for five minutes, and then just going back down into the shitter. Like you actually have everything that you need to, to do this and you did it and you're continuing to do it. I was going to say, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's an everyday process. You know, even now, um, even though we're 20 weeks here and considered out of the safe zone, yeah, you have those worries still, but like I said, when those saboteurs still try to come with in the pregnancy, you know, they have their one second and then they're out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so that was exactly what I was going to ask you. Like, how has 
the work that you did and, and this, this, these abilities that you uncovered, like how is that serving you now during the pregnancy? It's definitely helped a lot. Um, you know, you always get online and forums and read what people are saying and, you know, I just miscarried at 20 weeks or 21 weeks. And you're like, gosh, that's where I am. Am I going to miscarry? You know, you start then trying to second guess yourself. And then I'm like, wait, that's that saboteur coming in. Like you aren't going to take over this pregnancy. I said, because this is, (laughs) this is my pregnancy. (laughs) Get off those message boards. There's there's like nothing good on there. There's nothing good. Right. And I love how, I mean, look at what a great mom you're being already. Because having done this work, you're going to be able to model this to your son. You're going to be able to raise a little boy who understands that he, I mean, he may not get that word saboteur just yet, you know, but he's going to understand that his thoughts are just thoughts and that he truly, as a miracle boy, can do whatever the hell he wants to do because mama did it. Yes, very true. Those saboteurs are horrible, I tell you, but yeah, kick them to the street because they're not worth it. Yeah. Well, but it's, it's also, you know, what I love about your story and all of the stories that we feature here, I mean, even in my own, is that we get to model this for our children. We're not just giving them this empty statement, oh, you can do whatever you want. You can overcome whatever adversity. It's like, no, 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 no. Baby boy, listen to me. Mama did it herself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's going to show you how. Like, he's going to see, you know, look at, look at what my mom did to bring me here. Like, just think about what you're going to be able to impart to this little boy. Yeah. It definitely makes you enjoy life better, too. So, yeah. yeah. So, your attitude, more relaxed, enjoy life. And enjoy your pregnancy. Yes. Because <laughs> you got 20 more weeks to go, baby. <laughs> I know. 19 and some change. But, like, if you were going to... I mean, you're literally speaking to women all over the world who are going to be listening to this. What wisdom would you impart? Um, I would say from, I mean, from my own journey um, that I've learned is trust your gut, trust yourself. Just because someone else did it doesn't mean it's right. Doctor's not always right. You know, you always have an instinct. Something always feels right or feels wrong. And if something doesn't feel right, question it because it may not be right for you. Mm, But I think that's a huge one. So. Yeah. So wise, so wise. And I love that. And it's just, I'm just so happy for you. And it's such a delight. Yes. And it's so kind and generous for you to share your experience. And because undoubtedly somebody listening right now is going to be inspired and, and see that there is more than what is just in front of you and that there's a huge payoff to following your gut. And most importantly, asking for help because yeah, you could have just as easily kept doing what you've always done and gotten the same results by choosing to be that woman who succeeds, the woman who covers her bases, the woman who takes responsibility. I mean, because you knew you had to change what was going on upstairs. Yeah. I mean, that's huge too. You know, just your mindset, you know, and if your mindset's not in the right spot, I truly believe it's not going to happen because the more you try to control it, I feel like the worse it gets. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, definitely. At least it it starts to feel a lot worse, but you made the decision to change it. And that takes ovaries of steel to be able to say, look, I 
this isn't working for me. What I'm doing is not working for me. I have to look at me and not from a place of accusation, but just saying, hey, I want to know that I did everything, covered the bases, because you got the physical part. The mental part only supports the physical, as you demonstrate with your belly (laughs) today. (laughs) And so thank you so much, my darling. Thank you so much for being here and, and sharing that and allowing us to celebrate you, because it is truly a story of triumph, and we just couldn't be happier for you. So thank you. Love this episode of the Fearlessly Fertile podcast? Subscribe now and leave an awesome review. Remember, the desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for you. When it comes to your dreams, keep saying hell yes.